podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something like talk time on podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time and Podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast in association with Lucky Star Gin. I'm, as always, your host, Mike, and with me today we have both Will and Steve. We are going to be covering the Gillingham defeat and looking forward to the very famous Thames League derby against Wimbledon. Um, engagement's always important. Please join in the discussion, stay connected, um, share your thoughts, comments, and so on on all the episodes. Any questions for the panel? I've got a couple of good ones for you guys later. Um, and it's on all the socials at Sutton Podcast. Likes, shares, and comments are really, really useful. So please do that for us. Let's get into it. So, hello, Steve. It's been a while. How are you? Yeah, um, yeah not too bad. Just about um, getting, just about recovering from the uh, the dodgy foot you probably witnessed last night. Um, which basically meant I couldn't walk properly. Um, but yeah, other, otherwise good. It's been a been a better start to the season than I think I expected. Um, yeah. When when we kind of went through pre-season and it was all a little bit, not quite sure about this. Um, and then you see the fixture list coming thick and fast of all these um, all these clubs who have spent a hell of a lot of money. Um, you're thinking this this may this may not go well. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, obviously, the last two results have been disappointing, but actually, performances have been have been good. Um, so yeah, very uh, very promising start. I think I'm very happy with with where the way we're shaping up. Excellent. And Will, multimedia star. How are yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been uh, trying trying my go at commentary and uh, co-commentating. Um, so far, so good. Um, I mean, I think with the Notts County game. A very rare result and a very rare win for Sutton. So uh, we were kind of bigging it up. So apologies if any Knots fans are, are watching this, but three points are three points. Yeah, no, we've uh, over the years listened to plenty of uh, one-eyed bias games. So I wouldn't worry. I, there's no way you could be worse than some of them we've heard over the years or the last couple of years. Sound like a proper veteran over the years. Um, but a couple of quick bits of club news. Um, I did hear you on the... Uh, the, the Sagas thing the other day, and you did get it ever so slightly wrong with the ladies' team because they are now charging for entry. Um, so ladies start against Millwall on Sunday, and um, it's five pound entry. I can't remember what it is for kids. I think it's free for kids. Um, but they have a twenty pound um, season ticket offer. So basically four games, and, and you're covered. So everyone grab okay. that. And they are going to open the bar at ten thirty on Sunday, which sounds awful, but it's the Women's World Cup, so. Um, who knows what happens? I, I, wonder, I wonder if wonder if the bar will be uh, easier to get served at than it was last night. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, I did um, see some Gillingham fans um, with their, their videos of the away um, end as well. It was quite a long queue as well. So, 
um, yeah, people will be getting upset on that. Um, but yeah, might see a few people down there. I haven't quite decided if I'm going to watch the World Cup down there because I get very superstitious, as people will know, and I have to watch things in the, the right place. Um, Sporters coach Newport still taking bookings, I think. So I think Wimbledon will be a last chance for that. And obviously there's the train strike, as I mentioned, goes in at the hub. There's also the card for John at the hub. And they are taking bookings for other games, including Wickham, um, which is a nightmare to get to. Um, right, let's talk about the match. We'll start with you, Will. Um, firstly, the lineup announcement. Um, we uh, sort of replaced the suspended um, Smith with the equally short cash get. Um, and Coley was put to the bench, and Clay came in. Obviously, Harry was then pushed out wide, although I was surprised, maybe wrongly surprised but he was put on the left and we put Amari on the right um what, what were your thoughts ahead of kickoff with that team well against Gillingham I think going into the game both sides have got a lot of ex-Mill players it was going to be a, a, a tackle heavy game wasn't it so I think you need Clay Eastman and Beautyman all in the lineup and the only way to get them in was to drop either Patrick or Coley and unfortunately it was Coley this time um, but it was good having him on because it was a fresh pair of legs and he's he's so fast. It's a bit more than a fresh pair of legs, isn't it, bringing him on? Mm. Um, but it's, you know, on occasions, maybe this season, you're going to have to kind of drop one of the wingers to get a bit more experience and tough tackling. So it was kind of annoying, but at the same time, I can see why it was done. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a little bit worried, Steve, when um, we had... And Rizzo's joining in the, the podcast today. Um, I was um, just uh, getting a bit concerned because obviously with uh, Noah Bryan on or Kashgar or even Hish on the bench on Saturday, suddenly um, with Smith getting sent off, he's like, so we've got Lee and Tope up front and that's it. Um, but what, what were your thoughts sort of ahead of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously um, Smith having done what he did on, on Saturday, um, has put us in a bit of a hole with, um, yeah, especially with a couple of players picking up knocks. Um, you know, Brian seemed to be hobbling quite a lot at the towards the end of the Cambridge game. Um, was obviously fine to take his penalty, but um, yeah, last five ten minutes seemed to be a little bit of a struggle for him. So yeah, I think him not being around was was kind of expected. Um, it kind of kind of felt that lineup felt like it was. With a with either um, Coley was carrying something, and it was a case of right, we just need just want to protect him a little bit, um, or whether there was a specific plan for um, for Butman to um, to plug a particular gap. Um, but sticking um, Amari Patrick on the on the right didn't seem to really um, suit him too well. He, I mean, he always did his best stuff for Carlisle on the, on the left. And so far for us, he's been playing on the left and with with good returns as well. So, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise how we how we um, shaped up at the start, really. Um, but it was it was one of those. I, th I think against sometimes against the better side, you've got to you've got to be a little bit more pragmatic and play the percentages and make sure you're in the game. Mm -hmm. um, so whether it was whether that was specifically injury related or um, or an actual tactical plan. Um, not quite sure. Not sure if, not sure if Matt said anything in his post-match interview. I've, I've not, not listened yet. But um, yeah, I mean, it was given given one or two one or two niggles um, wasn't a complete surprise. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't start very brightly. Um, they did seem quite good a bit of passing it around, but the goal um, came from 
a mistake. I think someone did try and say, well, it wasn't just one defender, but it was clearly a player who's done well for us so far, but a big mistake from Omar, Omar, Omar um, in defence uh, for their goal. Once they made that mistake, great cross, great finish, but um, we kind of did it to ourselves. What, what, what do you think about their goal, Will? I think it's harsh because, you, you, again, the thing is, when Sutton lose, you never really play badly. And it was just that one mistake. And it was by a player who's been far like far past amazing since he's made the move up to the Football League. Um, so it was a good goal. Can't really complain. You know, there's a reason why they're the only team to go three out of three and yet to concede a goal. So once they go ahead, they're hard to topple. Um, so it was a good goal and just unlucky, really unlucky. Yeah, what, what, you, you had the same view, uh, physical view, um, as me, Steve, not saying you had the same opinion. Uh, what, what was your thought on the goal? Um, it was frustrating, but um, I don't mind that we're trying to be a little bit more uh, technical when we're when we're coming out with the ball rather than just launching it forward all the time. Um, Angle's nowhere near as good in the air as, as Smith is. While Smith is going to win everything and he'll, he'll bring everything down, um, Angle, Angle, I think, is best with um, with the ball to feet mm-hmm. and trying to play, us trying to kind of play, work the ball into good areas um, so that we can make the most of his his ability, I think, is the way to go. And um, yeah, look, Schwumi's um, not quite got that pass right. Um, the attackers of the attackers intercepted it, and he's anticipated it really well. Um, on another day, Swimmy sees him coming, and he he drops the shoulder, and he comes inside, mm-hmm. and everyone everyone sort of gives him a big cheer. Yeah, well, well, uh, nicely done. That looked that looked great, um, and there's no danger. But I mean, I think the I think the thing that's most frustrating about this season so far is that I think basically every goal we've conceded has been terrible from a defensive perspective. Um, and that's from a team that's actually defended quite well as a unit. Um, so it's kind, it's it's really frustrating that those individual mistakes are being sort of truly punished every time. Um, whereas, I mean, obviously we we took advantage of um, of Knott's um, generosity on the opening day, but you could probably say that in the other games we've had to work pretty hard to get anywhere to get. Um, anywhere near the opposition's goal and to and to create the chances um like i think we created enough last night um some of the crosses into the box were brilliant but we just we didn't get the right bodies in the right areas um and i think having that six foot seven striker who can who can win everything um if he'd have been on the pitch we'd have we'd have he'd have probably helped himself to a hat trick with some of those some of those deliveries yeah, I mean, the delivery is awesome. I did read one comment, I can't remember where it was, um, but I did one person complaining, why are we, why are we playing the ball um, where the players aren't? We should be playing it to the players. And I'm like, well, surely we're playing it into the space. We're just not quite on the on the same wavelength yet for the players to make the runs. There was one horrible moment where, I can't remember who did it, but someone thought Kashkett was going to go off peeling down the left. And instead he, he spun and came inside and it made the pass look absolutely horrendous. But you could kind of see what he was doing. Um, Gillingham fans caused us a bit of a problem with their flair because apparently that fine is on us. So I think that's a bit weird. Um, I don't know if either of you come through the park, but I come through the park and it. I, I was cursing because it doesn't look very inviting. There's like 14, 15 security guards in their, in their bright jackets standing there. I'm like, 
come on, we're supposed to be a nice, friendly, inviting pub. We don't need this. And then one of them gets a flare through, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe we need more security staff then. Um, but the reason we mention that is obviously there was a little bit of a break. We had lots of chances. Um, some of them on the replay seemed to look better than they seemed on the night. Um, I mean, there, there was one, I think it was Omar, kicked the ball way, way, way up, and I assumed it was over. And then it actually had to be cleared off the line. Um, yeah, Scott Malone, I believe, was the one who cleared it off the line. Yeah. Who, who had a really, frustratingly, had a really good game. Um, he yeah. kept, uh, who was he man marking? I think it was Amari Patrick and Joe Kizzy on the right. Kept him quiet the whole game. Yeah. Well, it's because he was on the right. That's, that's a... <laughs> but what were your thoughts coming into halftime with the, with the chances? Um, did you think we were still in this or did you think Gillingham were, were in cruise control? I thought I thought we were still giving them a good a good go. Uh, I don't see why anyone should kind of think that we kind of dulled off. Like there were still chances created, as you said, Omar. Yes, it probably didn't mean it, but it, it got on the line. It's close enough. It's close enough for any other chance. So you know, still confident and you know a spirited performance. But maybe Harry Smith. There was a Harry Smith hole, wasn't there? Like there, mm. there was so many crosses and deliveries and pinpoint balls into the box that you needed someone tall to knock down and Lee is tall but he's maybe not got the as Steve said like the prowess to kind of knock it down to anyone yeah I mean, what, what were you think, thinking before half time or at half time Steve um, well I was already annoyed with the linesman in front of us um, were you? who'd um, not flagged for one of the most outrageous offsides I've seen for a long time the guy was a good 10, 15 yards behind our back four, trotting back from um, from closing the keeper down off a um, off a back pass, and the um, ball got um, got played back to him. He'd obviously come back from from the offside position, and the linesman somehow kept decided he was going to keep the flag down, um, which yeah didn't didn't bode well for um, for the second half when when we were attacking, and the he, he um, it, as it turns out he um, made the wrong call on a on a yeah. slightly tighter decision. Yeah, I mean, the only possible, possible thing on the one you're talking about is he was so offside that the linesman kind of didn't factor him in because he was looking here. Yeah. But he should, yeah, quite possibly, he's, a, but... he's a professional linesman, so yeah. that's his only job there at football. Um, but, I mean, it did seem... I mean, I've had one gentleman very upset with me when I said that they weren't impressive. Um, they did what they had to do, but they weren't impressive. But did they have to be? Did... Were, did did they need to push on, or, or they just keep us at bay? I thought I thought they were I thought they were quite good. I mean, the, it's from an, from an attacking sense, they didn't offer a huge amount, um, but defensively they were they were insanely well organised. Um, seemed like they're super fit, um, and they've got a hell of a lot of pace in that team, so they don't get counted on really. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one one chance second half, I think, where we we tried to launch a counter attack, but three of them just converged on um, Clay, I think it was, who was trying to run through the middle. Um, and yeah, the 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 reason why I think we looked a little bit disjointed first half was just because they were pressing us in the right areas and putting us under under a lot more pressure, and we've not had not really had to deal with that at all yet this season. Um, teams, I mean, Notts County sat off us quite a lot. Um, because obviously they had they had ten men for most of the game. Um, Cambridge, um, Cambridge had had their style, which 
which doesn't seem to be especially high tempo. So it's yeah, that that's kind of the first the first time we've come up against a team that's wanted to kind of um, put us on the back foot when we're in possession. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I think it's basically two teams that don't want the ball really. Yeah. Both, both teams want to be quite reactive and, and counter-attacking. Um, and unfortunately, they they ended up just getting um, getting slightly the better of it in the end. Yeah. Well, what was your what thoughts? Do you feel like they needed to do more? or Not necessarily. Um, I think in terms of like the way they, they kind of got their goal and just stayed, so, they stayed like as a, as a compact, solid entity and it was just so hard to break them down as as you said against Steve they're so fast not a single player on that team couldn't run like everyone was just immense and <laughs> what was amazing about their back four is when they needed to they just pulled out the most dirty yet <laughs> clean tackle I think it was Oggy did one on Cashkit and he's gone straight through <laughs> him but at the same time I couldn't help but think that's probably the best tackle I've seen this season but whilst being one of the dirtiest yeah, well, the, I can't remember which way round it was. Um, Scott had two good chances. One we will come back to, but another one there was a great build up down the left, and he kind of volleyed it straight at the keeper. Um, either side might have been a problem, but um, sort of directly at the keeper, which is good. And then the one you've already kind of mentioned, Steve, the the offside, which at the time I quite confidently said to everyone, "No, he's well offside." And then the uh, the Jules in the Blood guy um, was saying he's seen a photo, and I was like, "No, oh, send me the photo." And it's like, "Oh, okay, he wasn't mm. as well offside as I thought he was." And one of their fans has even said that the linesman that you referred to was indicating that he's come back from an offside position. Yeah, which it was from a throw on. Um, no, I think both. I think he surely he chased. I think. Kashkit had chased the ball down to the byline. Maybe that was from a throw-in, but then he'd laid the ball back and the ball would come back into the area. Because Kashkit was definitely coming back from the um coming back from the goal line. Um yeah. him and the the guy, the defender that was nearest him, mm-hmm. um, they were both um pushing away from Gillingham goal. And it was then obviously Angle win, wins that little knockdown. Um, and he just he's just darted in there, and um, yeah, I mean, I I must admit, I at the time I didn't really think an awful lot awful lot of it because um, I don't think I was expecting the ball to to end up there and for him to be for him to be even able to get involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, having seen the seen the footage back, um, he's clearly onside. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of sums up that linesman's game, really, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, Will, what was your view of it on from the opposite side? I thought it was offside. Like right. I didn't really see any debate for it. But with the officiating as a whole, um, I think it was the referee in the mid- the man in the middle's first official like league like mm-hmm. game. Um, and I think from the off, booking Lee Angle for only his second tackle, I thought from then on, I kind of had a feeling that the officiating was going to be a bit slightly off. I'm not going to say bad. I think bad's the wrong word, but I think, you know, of course, there's a few things you can raise and say, look, this needs to be tightened up on. But then mm-hmm. now looking back on the the cash get offside, I'm not too sure now. But at the time, I had no debate. Well, as I said to the response to this week, obviously it's gone against us, but uh, 
I still say no to VAR for us because I'll, I'll take a dodgy decision like that every now and then if it means we don't have to put up with um, all that. But yeah, you mentioned obviously the booking. Like we did um, have a little question. Um, oh, are we going to go down in the first half yet again? Um, but luckily we didn't. Um, Matt's interview, as you mentioned, um, he, he kind of, again, was like, it's a fairly, it's a new squad, basically. I think 50% turnover and he's got the areas he needs to improve. I think he said there's one more signing he's after. Um, and the team's going to take a few weeks to kind of get used to each other, which I, I do, as I was mentioning about the, like, the cash get going on his run, people will kind of get used to how each other play. But in general, over the four games, um, I'll start with you, Steve. How are you kind of feeling compared to last season? Um, how, how do you feel we're shaping up? I think last this time last year, I think we were, um, well, before the start of the season anyway, before Ben Goodliffe got his got his injury on the opening day, I think we were relatively confident, obviously having having had a good end of season, um, well, just a good season overall for first um, first time around. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, okay, we've lost, we've obviously lost Adjaboy, but we've we've brought some players in who who look like they're they're vaguely up to up to scratch to to replace him. Um, don't think we lost lost anybody else of any of any particular note. So, therefore, it was okay. Um, let's let's crack on. And um, obviously, a couple of injuries hit early in the season, much much as it has this time, and we just struggled to get going. But um, but this time around, actually, we look. I mean, the the transfer business we've done um, does look a, a whole level above what we did last year. Um, last year, obviously, the guys coming in, a lot of them were either out of non-league or um, young loan players who are kind of just making their way in the game. Whereas the players that we've got in um, this summer tried and tried and tested at this level um, and tried and tested at the top of, top end of this level. Um, so that kind of shows what, what happens when um you kind of build something that's that's got a foundation in it you've got a you've got a solid team structure um although that kind of te- that was severely tested at the back end of last season where things seemed to kind of fall apart a little bit um but i suspect that probably actually molded um sort of shaped matt's thinking in terms of the the significant turnover we had i, I can't imagine that when it came to sort of january february that he was thinking that um, six, seven, six, seven, or eight of the sort of first team regulars were going to be were going to be um, shipped out, and and then all of a sudden it's like, well, okay, um, clear the decks. Let's start. Let's start again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, early early indications look look very good. Early impressions have have been have been excellent, despite the fact that, as you say, the some of the players still need still need time to kind of get used to the way each other play. Um, but I mean the way they the way they played those first two games against Notts County and Cambridge, um, and even even for for the most part last night, I thought um, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that a lot of them haven't um, have only played um, sort of in like 150 200 minutes or whatever um, together. Um, they seem to seem to be knitting together pretty well at the moment. So um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I think at, at the moment. Yeah. And Will, what do you think? I think if you look at the end of last season, I think it was two back-to-back 4-1 defeats. Mm. Um, Against terrible opposition as well. Really poor opposition. So it was really frustrating. So 
looking at the team now, I don't think you're going to get to a point like that. Um, and plus, a season ending like that and how many players you've had leave, Matt Gray is surely in a point now where he's like, right, I'm going to be ruthless now. He's got signings in who are worthy of getting you up. You know, Patrick got up with Carlisle. Harry Smith played at the top end of this level. There's players in there who can, you know, help Sutton progress. So just they they just need to get a bit of, you know, communication between them. And I think you'll start to see a, a huge upside in your form. Perfect. Okay. Well, um, we've come to the point that I didn't actually remind you guys about. Um, it's a moment at the match. We're not doing player of the day anymore. So it's a, it's a moment in the match that can be anything you like. Um, on the pitch, off the pitch. Um, so it's the, the moment that sort of is that match for you. Steve, you can't pick your, your dodgy foot, um, but <laughs> I'll let you go first. What, what, what was your moment at the match last night? can't pick my dodgy foot, but can I pick the dodgy linesman, please? Well, as a moment at the match? The, moment um, the, the, dis, the disallowed goal. <laughs> disallowed goal. Um, because <laughs> I think if, um, if the linesman gets that decision right and that goal stands... Yeah. Um, then we probably go on and win the game. We yeah. we had all the play in that second half, um, mm-hmm. created all the chances. Um, I mean, not that there were that many in the second half, really. We had we had a lot of the ball in good areas, put put good balls into the into the right areas in the penalty area. Um, but yeah, just didn't get on the end of them. Keepers made um, keepers made one one good save. Um, obviously the, the the disallowed goal, but yeah, other than that, I I think we we. We'd have gone on to win that just bit with the uh, momentum behind us. Perfect. Um, and Will, what was yours? Um, it's got to be Omar Shomi's uh, looped effort. He he tried he tried so tried so hard, almost did it. Okay, I never in a million years thought someone was going to pick that because I picked that as well. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, I won't need to have a second one just in case. Um, Right, my, my my thought on that was um, because I literally saw it looping up and turned away because I was like, that's gone well over. And then realised, oh, hang on a minute, let's come back in. Um, in that case, we'll have a choice of two because I've, I've, I've caught on the back foot there. Um, so I'll put that out to shout to, to everyone unless someone else sends me a video or something else. But um, we'll put that vote out. Um, a couple of questions that's come in. Um, one brilliant one, I have to say. So we, we lots of people saying, do we think we miss Smith? Obviously, we've covered that a little bit. Um, what was your thoughts on the fact we appealed the red? Um, I thought, based on what he said, appealing it was a bit of a strange decision because he kind of basically said, yeah, I retaliate. Ooh. Um, well, I don't think... Because if you appeal it, can you get in... Can the extension go on? They can, theoretically, but they've not done it for years. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, n- n- to my memory, nobody's been been uh, upgraded for yeah. frivolous I'm, appeal. I'm not, too, I'm not too clear how that one works, but yeah, I don't know why you'd appeal it because I think all the rules are tightened. So, you know, you're probably yeah. not going to get away with anything until they've maybe I don't know come Christmas time fixed that, fixed what what they need yeah. to loosen up on or drop or anything like that. So, a red think, card, a red card. I think. Yeah, I think Matt was kind of saying oh, it wasn't as clear as. The fourth said, "Yeah, but I mean, the the problem is that the the video footage that you get from there, it's kind of, everything's kind of happening right at the edge of screen, and the camera is seventy yards away. Yeah, um, you don't get a good view, and and in League Two, we're not using multi camera, so, yeah. so there isn't another angle 
for us to um, to look at to get any um, any more information um, yeah. on it. Obviously, we know what what Harry's um, how Harry's described the incident, um, and I can I can well imagine that what happened is as as he said. But he's old, he's been around long enough um, to know that you don't react like that. Yeah, because you're giving the referee a decision to make. It was. And yeah, I mean, I, I would, regardless of whether um, whether it was um, sort of goaded into it or whatever, you 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 got to be clever. Yeah, I mean, this this is this is top level football. There, are players players on the opposition are, are looking to do whatever they can to win games of football, and and if it's winding up the big number nine by um, by standing on his toes in the hope that he lashes out, well, I mean, well done, you've you've fallen right into their trap there. And you're yeah. now missing missing the next three games. Well, I I had someone on my Sunday team who used to literally um, scream "Ah ref!" just before the tackle came in, constantly "Ah ref!" and then the refs turning to look to see the impact, and they're like, "Oh God, that's terrible!" Um, so it's like it's like it's really old old tricks. I don't know why he fell for it. Um, there was lots of comment about hoofing up to uh, the uh, five foot five hash kit. Um, and then um, when Omar came, uh, was up front for the last 10 minutes, um, playing it to feet. Um, so that, that was an interesting choice. Um, but the question I really, really loved is, do we think that Jimmy the Giraffe needs to be extended now because so many of our players are so tall? Do we need a bigger neck on Jimmy? <laughs> yes. Yes, right. There we go. We've solved that problem. Easy. That was easy. Yeah, it's an easy one, wasn't it? <laughs> Burning issues. Well, right. I'm I'm, look, I'm looking forward to a, some sort of team lineup where you've got um, Harry Smith um, one side, um, Jenny the draft the other, and then Cashgate in the middle, a little bit like what England were doing in the Ashes with Ben Duckett. Uh, look on the not the top twenty for a couple of weeks ago. We already and done it. it, and it wasn't Jenny the draft. It was well, no. um, Ben, not Ben. What we talking about? It was Harry, Cashgate, Omar. Ah, excellent. <laughs> it's like, He's been stitched right up here. What's happened there? Um, but yeah, Ali Maxwell took that picture and said someone stitched casket right up. Um, right, we're going to look forward um, to Wimbledon, the super duper wonderful Thames Link Loop Derby, whatever it's called. Um, we can get a special badge on the, the the app that I can't say the name of. The Footballogy. That's the one. Thank you very much. Um, and we are joined by Mark from Same Old Wombles podcast. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good evening, gentlemen. Pleasure to be on here. A uh, pleasure to be able to return the favour after you uh, you featured on our episode this week. I did. I was asked to give a brief, simple one-word answer, and about four and a half minutes later, I went, "Oh, you asked for a short answer, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I was one... listening to it on my way to work this morning. It did make me laugh walking across the uh, Blackfriars Bridge. <laughs> you listen back to them. Oh my god! Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been sporting Wimbledon and kind of what got you started in it. Uh, I'm a Wimbledon fan from Wimbledon, um, that random Londoners from London scenario. Uh, my dad took me to Ploughline um, in December 77, our first season in the league, um, way back before uh, dinosaurs roamed the earth, as my kids tell me. Uh, apparently to shut me up on a Saturday afternoon because I was a bit hyperactive. Um, and and I, that was it. Before I knew it, I had a season ticket. Um, and before I um, even really properly understood, um, myself and my dad were going, my sister would come along as well, she's four years older than me. Um, and we happened to, I guess completely uh, flukily, 
be Wimbledon fans coming into that era, which turned into the uh, Harry Bassett era, which turned into the, the Crazy Gang, which turned into uh, being promoted into um, Division One um, and the FA Cup final and so on. So I've been a Wimbledon fan for f- touching 46 years, 45 and a bit years, uh, man and boy, as they say. Um, and now I live fairly close by. Uh, I'm a Don Trust board member, so that's the supporters trust that owns uh, the club. Um, so I'm on the board, um, and I was actually genuinely getting emails today asking me, did I want to take it in the boardroom at Stamford Bridge for our League Cup tie? And I said no, because frankly, no. I can't think of nothing worse. <laughs> yeah, did have that. I, um, I, I, I know when we got to Wembley last year, into the cup of competitions, just one of those silly Papa John things. It was like, you could win hospitality. And I was like, yeah, I, I won't. Well, I, we all know I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, we, um, we were very lucky, actually. My, my, I had twin 16-year-olds. They're 16 now, but when we got to the playoff final against Plymouth 2016, so what's that, seven years ago? So they were eight, nine. Um, and we got tickets in the second row of the actual stand behind the goal that we scored both our goals in. So there's nice. some quite good publicity shots that were used and were seen on all the papers. Um, and they're really good because my wife's in them, uh, friends of ours are in them, my daughter's in them, and I'm cut out on the left. <laughs> And, pre- and presumably being that low down, you probably didn't see an awful lot at the other end. Uh, no, but we scored both goals at our end, so it didn't yeah. really matter. Um, but you were talking about your giraffe character. I am actually six foot eight. So um, the, the joke going around some of the WhatsApp groups this week was if I couldn't get a ticket for Saturday, then I should just volunteer to be your, your giraffe for the Saturday. <laughs> um, do you have any silly traditions or superstitions on match day? yourself uh not anymore i used to walk from from where i grew up in wimbledon which is the opposite side of wimbledon towards Wimbledon chase and and rains park if people know that area i used to walk from there across town uh drinking uh a super can of coke so half a liter of coke and half a pound of wine gums and that was my lunch that was my match day meal and i must have done that for about five six years from about 80 Four to about eighty nine, I suppose. Right. Well, I went off to live overseas and live, uh, went to uni and stuff, but not anymore. No, no, cool. Um, so we've got this magic wand. You can pick one player from your team's history to pluck and put into the current squad. Who who are you picking? I guess mine's biased, and and not many people would necessarily know this, but. Most people have a favourite player that is one of the first players that they sort of ever fell in love with when they first started supporting the team, whatever age they were. Uh, mine was John Leslie, um, who was a fox in the box, five foot eight, five foot nine. I would say compared to Cashgate, but frankly, I've seen Cashgate play and I don't think Cashgate's fit to clean John Leslie's boots, but that's just a personal opinion. Um, yeah, so John Leslie, uh, who's a fox in the box striker. Uh, and we don't have a, we we have lots of things in our current team, um, much improved on last season, as you were just talking about with your own team. But we don't have a fox in the box at the moment. Um, hopefully, I'm I'm hoping we might be able to pick someone up on loan before the end of the transfer window. Cool. Yeah, I think it is definite. Everyone falls in love with their first someone from that first team um, that you ever watch, and sometimes it can be really random. Like we had um, a goalkeeper on loan called Will Puddy, and one of the guys at work. Is like that's his favourite player, and I'm like, he played about eight games. How <laughs> can he be your favourite player? What on earth is that all about? 
I had a, a crazy situation years later where um, I was invited to a, a testimonial dinner for um, Alan Baxford, who's the manager that uh, orchestrated that team that got us promoted into the Football League in the first place in the mid-70s. And this is going back 20 years now. Um, and John Leslie was there, and my wife was with me, and she found out that he was there, and so she introduced me to him. And I was, I was like 30-something, early 30s at this point. And I sat down and I was completely speechless. It was like a, a seven-year-old being Beyonce or something. You know? <laughs> I've, done, I've done a couple with Lenny Dennis, oh, little chats like this. He's like, oh, I'm at the club on Saturday. Come and say hi. And I'm like, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance I'm doing that. Um, so it's a little bit early to do this question, but I've, I've got to start it sometime. How, how's like the season been so far? How are your players gelling gel so far? And has there been sort of any, any, any highs, lows yet? Um, it's easier probably to preface that with how, how the last couple of years have been. So where, where we're at as a fan base. Last couple of years, frankly, have been a bit of a car crash. Um, we spent five years fighting very hard in League One to stay up. Um, you mentioned on when when you came on saying well, Wombles about wanting to push on and possibly go into League One, having been there and seen it and done that. Unless you have major resources to be able to do that, even in League One, I wouldn't bother because it's just an absolute slog. Um, and then you get someone like Barry Bannon coming down, earning twenty grand a week in League One and and playing you off the park. So. We were awful and we got relegated and finally, or you can't say you deserve to get relegated, but we got relegated um, season before last. Last year, we won two games after Christmas. You thought your your end of season was bad. Well, you know, we beat Colchester on the 28th of December and until last night, as we record this, when we beat Colchester again, that was 143 days, I think it was, um, since our last away win. Um, and oh. it just it all fell apart, basically. Uh, it got very toxic. It got toxic on the pitch. Um, the game we played against you guys, uh, Plough Lane, there, there were there were discussions which turned into disagreements, which turned almost into fights between fans off the pitch. Um, and yeah, it really wasn't a pleasant atmosphere. We had a, a meet the manager thing at the end of the season, which again was a bit of a car crash. So we went into this season wanting to essentially completely reset. And we have reset. We've got 10 new signings in. Some of the players that were either earning decent money and that we couldn't really afford and certainly didn't deserve that money have been shipped out, have been released. And we've got a brand new, completely brand new midfield. Literally every player we have in midfield is, is, is brand new, is not, is, is not someone that featured last season. And we've got no more than three players from last season playing. Uh, and so far, so good. We haven't lost. Yeah. I know we were pre-recording this before the Sutton game, but we haven't lost a game this season, including pre-season yet. Cool, excellent. Well, I'm going to start with you on this one, Steve. Um, what what needs to happen for Sutton to win on Saturday? Um, not make brainless mistakes at the back. Um, literally, don't get don't give anything stupid away, mm-hmm. and we've got every chance. Um, the way we've the way we've played in the game so far, um, and we've been playing and we've played against teams who should be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Um, Barrow kind of gone a little bit under the radar, I think, but they they don't um, they're not um, they're not particularly tight with their cash, um, so they've got a, they've got a sizable budget as well as the likes of Notts County and Gillingham, and yet we've we've stood up against all of those, and to be honest, probably should have won probably should have won three from three. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, if we if we play play the way we're capable of, 
um, yeah, I, I think we've we've got the we've got the capability of winning. Um, it's about cutting out those mistakes, and yeah, that's ultimately that's that's been the dif- been the difference in in the results so far this season. Right, and same question to you, Mark. What needs to happen from your point of view for Sutton to take advantage? Uh, for us to take advantage of Sutton, or no, no, for us to take advantage of you. Oh right, okay. Um, <laughs> well, like I said, we've got, we've got a number of new sort of patterns happening. So uh, we've got two new centre backs who played before um, together for Stockport. Um, there's a bit of pace back there. Um, obviously, what we have tried to do is impose ourselves more physically on, on the opposition, which I can clearly see from your first couple of games you managed to do as well. So I guess. We, if, if you're able to get hold of the ball in midfield and make our midfield uh, duo, Jake Reeves, our captain, and, and Armani Little, move backwards and sideways, then that's going to go a long way to determining the, the, the game's result. Because if they get on the ball and they can keep the ball and then push the whole play forward, then we'll get our wingers in the game. Once we've got our wingers in the game, um, and you know who one of the many is anyway, um, then that's going to put any team on the back foot. Right. And Will, a foot in both camps. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what does Sutton need to do? Are you looking forward to the Battle of Omars as well? Oh, of course. Of course. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see Omar, Omar Bagil, the reception. That's what I'm most excited to see. But in order to stop Wimbledon, I think you need to kind of nullify Tilly and Nerfville on the wings. Um, and then that leaves Armani Little in the middle. How do you take him out? I'm not too sure. You just need to tackle hard. Um, I think it depends on who we're playing. If we've got sounds like a job for Craig Eastman to me. Yeah. Exactly. If only we had um, a Craig Eastman, a Craig Clay, and a Harry Eastman. Oh wait, we have all three. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we just need to tackle hard, treat it like a more than a Thames Link derby. And um, but yeah, Wimbledon are a new new look team, and Johnny Jackson. Um, it's got a lot of confidence and I think the team really want to play for him compared to last season. It looked like they didn't really want to know him. So, I don't know how... I must, I must admit, I'm I'm amazed that Jackson's still there. Um, given, given obviously, the utter mess that he's that he kind of oversaw at the back end of last season, I I would have just fully expected a complete clear out from, from manager to, obviously, the, the wholesale changes and the playing staff that, that, they, um, that they did. I think a lot of Wimbledon fans are quite surprised he's still there as well, to be honest. Um, I mean, think, I think realistically, we all know, because we follow lower league football, that the turnover in management at every level, all of the 92 league clubs, is pretty severe. But we also know that the likes of Sutton and Wimbledon do not have the cash to be able to pay off whatever length of contract managers have got. So if you do that, then obviously what you're saying is essentially I can't invest in player X or player Y or... The type of player I get is not necessarily going to be the type of player that is going to push me towards mid-table, let alone playoffs, um, because I've had to pay off the last manager. And I don't, frankly, want a son, no disrespect to Ben Garner, because Colchester played very nice football with no end product. But I don't want a Ben Garner or a Scott Lindsay that bounces around from League 2 Club A to League 2 Club B to League 2 Club C. Wimbledon, I know it's an overused cliche, but we are different for different reasons. Um, 
some people don't like playing on that but the reality is you need to get it as a manager and you need to get it as a player and if you do the club will and the fans will really like you jackson didn't get it last season and i think he's just about got it now and having just about got it now that really helps and it really helps him and he's now i've seen him up close a couple of times in recent games before recent games he just seems like a completely relaxed person um at one with it, with his own environment, and last year he looked like a scaredy cat. Again, it can be difficult, obviously, with managers coming in potentially not always all their players. Um, whereas we, we we're slightly different. We've we've got Matt for through, like going into year five now, year four, can't remember. Um, but we've only for a long time. It's clearly his his team. It's really his club, to be fair. Um, so again, it's an early season match. So this is a, probably a silly question, but can we draw any? Um, implications for this match one way or another or is it just an early season August match get it over with and uh, push on till September uh, I'll start with you Mark on that is, is there any potential implications for this match for winning losing um having talked about the car crash we had the last couple of years there's still a, an element of PTSD with the Wimbledon fans um you know we drew against we fronted up against Wrexham and we fronted up against Grimsby we beat Coventry in the League Cup and people were still saying yeah but we haven't actually won a game we haven't won a league game. It's like, oh, come on. So then we front up last night against Colchester. It's like, hey, yeah, we've got to keep this going. And people are harking back to how poorly we played against Sun. Um, I'm sure you three will disagree, but it was a blatant foul for that goal. It was, I was directly in line with it. And I think it was Omar that fouled him. So, you know, there you go. No. Your own, anyway. player, your own player bumped into him. No, we'll he didn't. No, he didn't. But let, let's, <laughs> let's go over that. Otherwise, we'll be here all night um, virtually. But no, I mean, in simple terms, the fans felt shortchanged. So w- what we want as fans for every team, every game, is that the team puts on a performance that the, t- the fans can be proud of. They've certainly done that every game so far this season, including pre-season. They certainly didn't do that against Sutton twice last year. We don't really feel like it's a derby. Again, I know you talked when, when you came on saying what Womble was about. Sutton's rivalries being different. Women's rivalries, I don't mean to be rude, and I genuinely don't mean to be patronising about this, but women's rivalries aren't with Sutton. Um, but they're not really with anyone. You know, they're certainly not with Franchise. They used to be with Chelsea and Charlton and Millwall and so on, but they're not really with Sutton. So we were so frustrated last year that we played poorly and we played poorly against a local team. Fair enough. Um, Steve, do you think there's any kind of potential implications for this? Um, other than kind of ongoing bragging rights, not a huge amount. Um, I mean, I think that um, it was the away game, wasn't it? In cross, when was that? Was it October, November last yeah. year? When oh, the away game at Plowland, sorry, yeah. yes. Um, when um, which basically kickstarted our our good run of form um, across Christmas and New Year, and that kind of um, set us up set us up nicely having having been pretty iffy previously with all kinds of injuries and basically just we were we were effectively kicking games off playing for nil nil because we knew we had we had no no energy in the legs because everyone was everyone was kind of out on their feet um once we got through that game and that that gave us so much confidence and i think it could have a similar galvanizing effect where um you win you win a big game against um against your local neighbours, then yeah. I mean you've got you've got bragging rights when you go into the office if if any of us go into the office these days. And 
um, it's yeah, you you've got that you've kind of got that sort of banter aspect, if you like, um, for the uh, for the Twitter fans out there to um, to kind of milk over for um, up until uh, up until Boxing Day now. <laughs> yeah, well, what do you think? Um, I don't think it is a dart. Like it's a derby, but it's not like a rivalry. There's no real malice in it. But I think it's for Sutton after the two defeats, which are have been against two very good sides, um, stats wise. Um, it will be a real kick in the teeth if you go and lose to Wimbledon. Um, I think it'll be even worse if it's a 92nd minute diving header from Omar Begil. So, who knows? Omar has been set off by then. Yeah, I was going to say, does Omar do 90 minutes? I don't know. <laughs> we rarely it see it. not so far with us. Yeah, no, we see 70 minutes and that's it. Right. Um, so, this one, I, I quite like this, but it does get a bit weird. Um, you have now been chosen from the crowd to give a message to the players just as they're coming out. So, um, Steve, what's your message to the team and a score prediction as well, please? Uh, message to the team? Um, oh, Christ. Um, you know where the goal is. Just get the ball there. Um, yeah, we've, we've, played, we've been a much, much better attacking force already this season. Um, I mean, I know I say that after a after a shutout last night, but um, we've created chances against good teams in this division, and there's no reason why we can't do that again um, Saturday. So um, yeah, keep keep at it on the on the attacking side, and just switch on uh, mentally at the back because um, okay. it's it's those mistakes that have cost us. Yeah. Um, prediction? Yeah. I mean, I've got to go for a win, haven't I? Um, same as last year, 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. So it's still a goal and 2-1. Um, uh, Will, what would your message to your players be? Uh, my message would be, look, on the podcast we were saying that it's not a derby anymore, so I want you to go out there, studs <laughs> up tackles, let's make it one. <laughs> my, prediction <laughs> would be, my prediction would be a very entertaining nil-nil. Nil-nil, okay. Nine uh, aside. <laughs> Nine aside, nil-nil. <laughs> And 25 minutes of added time. Um, Mark, what was your prediction and your message to the players in prediction? Message to the players. Your um, players, this is not our players. players, yeah. Not to, <laughs> to the players, feel free to go and start up so you get yourself sent <laughs> quickly. Um, and it, have there been more sendings off in certain games this season than any other game? I don't know. Um, message to our players this game matters. Every game in League Two matters, but this game specifically matters to the fans. That travel home and away you've got the strongest loudest away support today uh, then a stronger louder away support today than you'll get at any other game all season so make sure that you do them proud you do yourself proud you do yourself justice you're a good enough team you've shown it so far this season continue to show that keep your heads keep your temperament in check shoot on sight and you'll be fine you'll bring home three points match prediction two one Wimbledon Okay. Except we're not letting goals in, actually, so I'm probably being generous giving you the one. <laughs> well, I went with, you put me on the spot on your one, so I hadn't even thought about it, and I went with 3-1, but, so I'm going to stick with that because I've already said it, so um, I'll stick with that one. Um, one thing I didn't discuss about our game, so I wanted to get you involved in this as well, Mark, the, the added time. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, you've got a couple of minutes. Um, bizarre in our game yesterday because there did seem to be uh, opinion of a lot of... Uh, wasted time especially from um, some of the Gillingham players and um, you kind of think well 
ref seems to not be hurrying them up because he's going to obviously add it on at the end. <laughs> and there was a three-minute thing where a flare was thrown on the pitch. And I think we only had two minutes at the end of the first half and only four minutes at the end of the second half. Yeah. Um, do we think they've scrapped this now or just don't care or the ref just had to get off last night? They, they definitely haven't scrapped it. I mean, I'm, I'm only basing it on games we saw. So we played uh, Coventry um, midweek last week. Uh, League Cup tie. We scored on the 87th minute to equalise. Then they showed six minutes injury time, extra time, added time, whatever you want to call it. And we scored off the 93 minutes and 27 seconds or something like that. And of course, therefore, you have even more time added. But then Cover then bought on a sub during um, this additional time after they'd gone 2 1 down. Um, but he'd only shown six minutes. And we thought, okay, maybe he'll play seven because. You had the sub as well, and you had time for the uh, goal celebrations. The problem was, at 97 minutes, our players, while the ball was in play, started uh, gesticulating with the referee, pointing at the scoreboard at the other end of the uh, pitch. Coventry had the ball, and Coventry had a shot on goal. It's ridiculous. Keeper saved it, and it was all right. Um, Wrexham, we played 90... We had eight minutes, and we played 99, because, again, there was a stoppage showing injury time. Uh, so, it looks like not only are they adding the time on, but also, I don't know about your game, I know you as mentioned red cards, we've had more players booked for utterly pointless, silly, unnecessary, not descent-related things in the games this season so far than I can remember in any game last year. Yeah. What about um, what about your Colchester game last night? Because I th- it seems to be, to me, that basically every manager has moaned about this this, this season. Um for whatever reason, they they've just decided no. Actually, we we want the game. The managers want the game shorter. Um, they're happy for for all the players on the opposition to time waste. Um, apart apart from when it costs them a game, and then they'll whinge uh, constantly. But um, it kind of felt to me like last night was actually the referees have have kind of seen the carnage of the first two or three um, rounds of games and decided okay that that was a little bit silly let's let's rein it in um because yeah i mean as as you said mike we had there were eight substitutions in the second half um there was a couple of minor injury stoppages there was one in 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 just at the start of injury time where um one of our players went down injured and the entire gillingham team went over to the bench to have a drink um and yet they literally played 94 minutes and three seconds. Um, and it was just like, how how have you come to this absolute nonsense agree, um, decision? Like, even last season, we'd have had five or six minutes added for that. And he's just decided, now nah, I can't be asked for this. Um, it's, ju- it's just infuriating. I mean, if, if, you're, gonna, if you're gonna have, um, if you're gonna have a diktat from from on high to right, we're gonna we're gonna stamp out this time wasting. And we and we saw in the Cambridge game last week in the cup that all of a sudden players weren't knocking the ball away. Mm-hmm. Players were moving away quickly, and it looked as if literally after one round of league games, a lot of players had learnt and were uh, were backing off, and games were games were pretty free flowing. There was still quite a lot of time added on, but the game was flowing a lot better, and it just. It, it just felt felt like more felt like a more watchable game. I think there's. I saw a study. Um, someone worked out that the time, the ball in play time in League League Two last season was something absolutely disgraceful, like averaging like forty seven minutes a game. And it's like 
come on lads we've got to do something about this and the, and it looked like ifab and the fa and pgmol and whoever else whatever other acronyms make these decisions um decided that yep okay now is now is the time that we're going to act on this and after two and a half weeks they've decided nah not fussed maybe maybe you're I, I thought for a minute you were talking about them applying common sense that's never going to happen with football officially <laughs> Um, I just checked first half from last night. First half, zero added time whatsoever. Second half, six yellow cards, six substitutions, six minutes added on. But we were turning it up, so I didn't feel like there was much time at all. You know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is to be mad because even the Notts County fans were like, well, we were winning 5-1 in the pissing rain and they added on 10 minutes. They were like, what is the point of that? I mean, what did you what do you think, Will? Were you expecting more time last night, or did it just seem like they weren't bothered? Yeah, well, the thing is, I wasn't really. It it, it seems weird because three and four minutes now seems like, like what was that all about? But I don't. I think it may have just literally been a mistake, or they just completely they made a few lit, of them. Yeah, <laughs> mate, they made a few, but they this one was a genuine like under. They completely underestimated it because. Even Rob Rob Milson got booked for kicking the ball away when we were losing one nil down. Uh, mm-hmm. well, we were one nil down, we were losing, and he kicked the ball away, got booked for it. So they they I, they I'm pretty sure he got booked for it. He did half. get booked for it. Yeah, yeah he did get booked for it, and he, he yeah he deserved to get booked for stupidly doing it because we were one nil down. Exactly, so but it's like for it. they, they are staying sticking to the rules, but I I think the time was just, or maybe he had something in the oven. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, well, obviously we'll see after this round, but it did seem like very much like he wasn't hurrying the players up and he wasn't adding the time on. So we've got the worst of both worlds at the moment. Um, but um, we will leave it there. Um, very lovely to speak to you all. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for joining us, Mark. Um, good luck, obviously, for Pleasure. the season outside of all the games as usual. Um, thanks, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, thanks to our sponsors, Lucky Star Gin. Um, I, I left out the ear attention bit. Thanks for your attention. Um, like, subscribe, and all the other things on the uh, social media apps. And um, we will see you next time. I have got Claire, Josh, and I have to say it because he was upset. I didn't mention him last time, even though there's a podcast in the way. Julian. Julian will be on on Sunday. Um, so we will um, see you all then. Take care and see you soon. Bye bye. Podcast Network.